You make my life so beautiful. And as you are, you have made me here on earth. There's nothing greater than this. There's nothing greater than this. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. Forevermore. Forevermore. You make my life so beautiful. You make my life so beautiful. In as you are, in as you are, you have made me heaven earth. There's nothing greater, there's nothing greater than need. That's why I love you, that's why I love you forevermore, forevermore. I want more of you. And I want more of you. And I want more of you. I want more of Jesus. Jesus. The more I know you, the more I want to know. The more I want to know you, Jesus. More of you. One more time. I want more of you. I want more of you. Ooh, 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 ooh. I want more of you. Jesus, Jesus. The more I know you, the more I know you. The more I want to know, the more I want to know you, Jesus. More of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, so the eternal salvation lawsuit as we started um, a couple of weeks ago. And this is going to be the fifth hearing. See how the journey has been. <laughs> so soon. We're already in the fifth hearing. And some of us probably don't have an idea of how long we are going. Okay. Well, at least I was able to uh, give you a uh, the outlines online so at least you have an idea of and uh, that this series is actually going to be a quite long one okay we have a lot of um of um things to deal with a lot of exhibits of the plaintiff to respond to all right and that is exactly what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks now they will move in from jonah even to Matthew, I we saw quite a number of references in Matthew. And one of the ones that really, um, really engaged us the most, uh, I think, is Matthew 24, which we studied for well over an hour. And, well, um, it, was, it was okay. And I believe there was so much clarity. Okay? Uh, you know, we were able to deal with the argument or maybe the combat between um, preterists and futurists. Okay, preterists which believe that all prophecies in the Bible have been fulfilled already, and futurists that believe that all the prophecies of the Bible will be fulfilled in a later day that none have been fulfilled. Okay, if we found that we are actually partial preterists. Okay, we believe that many have been fulfilled, but not all. Okay, they are still yet to be fulfilled. 
here as two powers is yet to be fulfilled. Okay, so um, in Matthew 24, you know, we saw a couple of things together. You know, we, you know, we saw how that it was a prophecy that was fulfilled in 20, uh, sorry, 70 AD, okay, by the, um, in the destruction of the, of the, of Jerusalem, okay, the destruction of the temple by the Romans, okay, which was desecrated and raised down to its very foundation, all right, uh, you know, Jesus had already given them an information, vital information on how they were going to um, endure, okay, to the end, okay, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, okay, just like Daniel prophesied, what are you to do? Let those in Judea do what? Flee to the mountains. Alright, and you know, you went ahead to something that pray that your running should not, your flight should not be in the winter. You know, I, I said that when the winter there's likely gonna be fog, um, snow, you know, and beyond that, um, you know, there um, gonna be floods, bad roads, you know, so joining to the mountain, and uh, very importantly, low temperature. Okay, so joining to the mountain might look like a suicide mission. Because if this place, if the, the, the plane is very, very cold and unbearable, imagine now it will be on the mountain. And for those of you that did geography, you know about altitude, right? The higher you go, the cooler it becomes. Alright, so uh, it will be difficult to survive. Okay, and many things like that, okay? So we were able to see that some words that were used, like the, the heavens and the earth, that the sun not giving its light, the moons and everything, that those things were actually metaphorical, okay, that they, they were actually uh, familiar in Hebraism. As Israel was talking to Jews, they actually could understand what he was talking about. Alright, and see something, see Ecclesiastes uh, uh, 12. There's also a reference, uh, a, a beautiful reference there that I want to point out as we continue. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And I, I'll, I'll be thinking that those following online will be probably thinking we we host our meetings uh, at an airport area. All right. Ecclesiastes 12, are we there? Are we there? Okay. Look at verse 1. It says, Remember now thy creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come. I think it is the word evil, right? Okay, when evil, before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. So, take to um, consideration the word, what evil days. I mean, you cannot go to define the evil days. Verse 2. Now, while the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are not darkened. Can you see that? So, that means now that I see the good days, that the sun and the stars and the light are not darkened. Okay? And the clouds do not return after their rain. Can you see that? So that means it shows that what the evil is defined that what the sun and the light, the moon and the stars will be darkened and the clouds will not return after they are rain. Right or right? Okay. So you see that that's actually uh, metaphorical. It's basically um, common in Hebraism. Okay. We're able to see that. And you see that even when Jesus was talking to, uh, when he was being um, tried by the Sanhedrin and um, basically by Caiaphas, the high priest then. I will say that tell us if you are the Christ, and he said something in Matthew 26, 64, that what it is as you said. Okay, now it says, nevertheless, you, I say unto you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of God, okay, and coming on the clouds of heaven. 
So we obviously see that was the coming of the Son of Man in that regard. Okay, it's important to understand that what it was metaphorical. So I'm not referring to basically to the um, second coming of Jesus, but to the judgment of Jerusalem. All right, we're able to see that the verses before how Jesus was lamenting over that place, over Jerusalem, and what uh, you slew the prophet and everything. Okay, and that was your house has been left to you desolate. Glory to God. All right, so we were able to see um, last week we went ahead to see the story of the uh, parable of the ten virgins. All right, then we went ahead to briefly. Okay, I don't know how brief it was. It was quite not so. It was not so brief though. Actually, I talked touched the parable of the talents to an extent. Then I went ahead to where we examined together the one important uh, reference as well, Matthew 25, 31-46, about the sheep and the goats. You know, I think to an extent it has helped, it has brought much clarity. Okay, thinking of, of ah, wow, so it's so easy to just lose heaven, I mean to miss heaven like this. Just don't give to the poor like this. Yeah, yeah, finish. Alright, so we're able to see what Jesus was actually talking about and we rounded up um, with Luke 9:62, that um, um, he that lays down on the plow and looks back is not fit. You said us is not fit, useful for the kingdom of God, and that's not talking about salvation, but service. Okay, not useful. That means it's not uh, fit um, to be a laborer in the kingdom of God. All right, so. Um, Alright, so one thing we've been able to see so far is that what many times we just have to calm down, okay? But we found that what by careful explanation, you see that what many of these arguments, they all they crumble beneath the, uh, the weight of clear evidence. Hallelujah. So we continue from where we stopped. We are moving forward. But before that, okay, we will be seeing John 15, like I um, um, announced uh, online as well. But before that, can we go to our Bibles? Our Bibles and, okay, and our chests and our other hand up, any hand you choose. Alright, for our oath. Alright, and like I said, um, this oath is on the, uh, predicated on the fact that we all believe in the inconsistency of the Bible, that the Bible does not contradict itself. Glory to God. Alright, I believe in the Bible. I believe that the Bible does not contradict itself. I believe that the Bible is consistent just as God is. Therefore, I solemnly pledge that I will not conclude on my thoughts and personal opinions, but I stand with whichever argument triumphs in the light of well-explained and well-corroborated Bible texts. I choose to let the Bible speak for itself. So help me God. Amen. Alright. Glory to God. Alright. So we are examining John 15 uh, right about now. And don't forget our caveat is if um, if a believer caveat is if a believer can ever truly lose his salvation then it must be proven so in the light of well explained and well corroborated Bible text. Otherwise the argument is considered invalid and therefore annulled. Amen. Alright, so John 15 verse 2. Are we there? Are we there? 
Okay, I believe it's a very familiar one. It says, "What every branch in me that does not bear fruit." So we are dealing with the A parts, though. Basically, it says, um, "Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away." PJV, it takes away. You know, so that's also one of the arguments of the plenty that don't you know that the Bible says that what if even a child of God, okay, if he does not bear fruit, or that means he does not bear fruit, he will be taken away. Taken away from the side of God, you know, he has to perish because he is choosing not to bear fruit. What, 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 what a bad child of God. Okay? So, and things like that. So, we need to examine that together. Okay? We are really going to do that. And like I said, we are really going to spend some time. So, please, I want us to be very fast. Like what I was here is we really need to be very fast. Very fast with our Bible. So, okay, please. Alright, so I was starting from um, something I, I I I think I probably said last week, uh, you know, a uh, statement by Joseph Prince. Was it a fortnight ago? I think it was a fortnight ago, yeah. Okay. I know that um, uh, whenever you take the Bible, you read a text out of its context. You are what you are left with a con. Okay. I mean, you are left with a disadvantage. Okay. So the problem for you to know that every time I will read the Bible out of context. We deviate from God's opinion. Okay? So, it's important to understand the thoughts. Very important. Alright? So, uh, we ought to be very careful. Please, a minute. Uh, can you lend me this? A minute. Thank you. Okay. So, let's find out the context of this discourse. Shall we? All right, beautiful. Okay, so um, it's important. Um, let's move to John 13. Let's see, um, because he, he had been saying some things before that, okay? And we have to pay attention to what he was saying, okay? Now, I would say this. Now, John 13, I, I guess we know to an extent, at least for your Bible, that I've you will see something like maybe Jesus watches the disciples' feet and things like that. Okay, so John 13, I want you to know that John 13 down to John 17, okay, contains Jesus' final admonition, okay, after eating the Passover with his disciples, okay, which is uh, popularly called the Lord's Supper, okay. So after eating this um, Passover with his disciples and washing their feet, he gave them a final admonition, okay, and that was what John recorded from chapter 13 down to chapter 17. And don't forget, the Bible was not originally written in chapter and verses. John did not record it in chapter and verses, okay? Uh, for our sake, for easy reading, okay? The uh, translators, okay? Were part of, and basically editors were, part of, were the ones that um, in, uh, fixed chapters and verses. Alright, so just know that what from John 13 to John 17 contains just um, statements in doing that one and same event. Okay, of Jesus' Passover. Okay, so let, let's, let's start from something he said. See verse um, 18. Are we there? Are we there? Now, why Jesus was, was, was uh, eating the Passover with them, he says something in verse 18. He says, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know who I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. I guess you have an idea of what Jesus is saying here, right? Huh? Huh? Okay, see verse 21. It says, When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in the spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Okay, see verse 26. 
Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. Is this up in KJV? Or what, is, what is it called? Okay? Okay. So, is it, who I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, what happened? He gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. See verse 30. This, having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. Now I want you to now there's a reason I pointed out these things to you. Now Jesus had just washed the disciples' feet. Okay? He said some things while washing their feet. Then he dismissed Judas Iscariot. Okay? Now then he decided to say some things. Okay? Now so from verse 31, are we there? Are we there? Okay, so this is um, basically um, contains um, the things we are studying from John 20 to 17 contains basically Jesus' final charge, okay, in Judas Iscariot's absence. Okay, so the important for you to know that Judas Iscariot is not the same thing as Judas. You don't just say Judas, assuming that Judas Iscariot. Okay, there are more than one Judas there. Apart from the fact that what Judas also means Judah. They are also the same thing. It also means Jude. They mean the same. Okay, so it's important to point out that this is Judas Iscariot. Okay, the son of Simon. Alright, so see verse 31. Are we there? It says, So when he had gone out, that's Judas Iscariot, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him immediately. You children, I shall be with you a little while. Now pay attention. You will seek me a little while longer. You will seek me, as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By these, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. To an extent, you already have an idea of what was the background of this discourse now. Right or right? Huh? Do you? Are you sure? Huh? Huh? Are you sure? Okay. You have an idea. Okay, this was doing, uh, after Jesus had eaten the Passover with disciples, Okay, and what their feet, then he was, he said someone was going to betray him, he dismissed the person they decided to teach. Now, just pay attention. Now, for the sake of clarity, and you understand why we really need to do that as well, but for the sake of clarity, it's important, once you have taught very often, is that what, when we, we are learning uh, accounts, when we, we see uh, an account of the four Gospels, that was also, that was also recorded by someone else, it's important to always compare accounts. Okay? Like I said, if Matthew wrote something, uh, recorded something that Mark also wrote, it's important to also wrote, compare Matthew's account with Mark's account for clarity. With Luke's, with John's. Sometimes I do just two people that recorded it among them. Sometimes maybe just one, sometimes maybe three, sometimes the four of them. Okay? So it's important to pay attention. For example, the four of them recorded have accounts of the crucifixion of Jesus. Glory to God. So let's see Matthew's account. Matthew 14. Is it Matthew 14? No, not, not Matthew 14, sorry, Matthew 26. Are we there? Matthew 26 requires slow, please let it be very fast, or else we would, we would just, it's only John who will sleep, sleep on today. Alright, verse 31, Matthew 26, 31. Are we there? Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after, look at, so, um, um, he says what, I, as it's written, I will strike the shepherd. So does that, uh, who is the shepherd being referred to here? 
Okay? So it's talking about war without unto Jesus. Jesus' sufferings, right or right? Huh? Okay? Now it says, verse 32 says, But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. That means Jesus will not just suffer. He will also be raised. He will not just die, he will be raised from the dead. Now it's important to pay attention to everything we are looking at. Peter answered him and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus answered and said to him, Jesus said to him, Surely I said to you this night, before the Ulster crowds, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Can you see that? So the other idea, that means Peter had an idea that what, what Jesus was saying could at least, uh, most likely implies death. Are you following me? I said that what I will be willing to do that, uh, to die with you as well. See Mark's account. Mark chapter 14. Mark 14. Are we there? Verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Jesus said, Surely I said to you um, today, I said to you that today, even this night before the roaster crowds twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, Likewise. See Luke's account, Luke 22. Luke 22. A minute is uh. okay. A minute, but you just bookmark Luke 22. Let's go back to Matthew 26. I think there's something I want to point out there. Okay. Okay. Verse 19. I, I just I just want to point out, okay. Yeah. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When the evening had come, he sat with the disciples, and as they were eating, he said, "As surely I say to you, one of you will betray me." So is that similar with John's uh, John's um, the event John was recording that we, that we are examining? Huh? Okay. So that one of you will betray me. They were listening sorrowful, and began each of them to say, "Lord, is it I?" He yes, I said, "He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me." Now said something. Okay? Alright, just just um, just move there. Move to Luke's account. Luke twenty two. So you see that was Jesus was telling them about something. Now, when Jesus now pay attention now, when Jesus was having this meal with them, this supper with them, okay, Jesus was talking about one thing that we have seen so far. Right or right? What was he talking about? Huh? What he was about to do, okay? Okay, that's right, okay? I just want you to follow step by the time. Okay, now look at you. Um, sorry. Luke's account, Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 14. Are we there? Luke 22, 14. It says, When the hour had come, you understand why we are doing this, okay? Just step by the time, follow. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I desire to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. Before I what? So far, okay. Now it says, For I say to you that I will no longer eat of it until um, it is fulfilled in the kingdom of um, of God. Move to verse 22. 
And truly, the of man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. See verse 31. Are we there? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, um, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both the prisoner to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Okay. All right. So, um, so when um, Jesus was talking to these people in this event, I told them that he was going. Where was he going? Huh? He was going to suffer. Why the right? Huh? Okay. So where was Jesus going? He was going to death, basically. Why the right? Huh? Okay, it's important for you to get that. So move to back to John's account, John 13. And pay attention, please. John 13, are we there? Verse 33. Look at something I pointed out earlier. I want to point it out again. It says, Little children, I shall be with you. Please pay attention. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. Okay? Now it says what? You will seek me, as I said to the Jews. Where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you. So you see the statement was, where I am going, you cannot come. So Jesus was going somewhere. Right or right? To where? Where was Jesus going? Okay. He was going to death. Okay, basically. Now see verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Can you see that? Now Jesus answered him. He says, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you shall follow me afterward. Can you see that? Can you see that? Okay. Now says, then Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. So that's similar with Matthew, Mark, and Luke's accounts. Huh? Okay. So he was saying, why can't I follow you now? That means to where Jesus was going. He was going to suffer. By the right. To die. Okay? Now it says, I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered in verse 38, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Look at your Bibles. Most assuredly I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Alright. So, where was Jesus going? Huh? Huh? He was going to death. He was going to suffer. He was going to be crucified. By the right. Huh? Okay. Okay, so look at verse 36 again. The, the, the B part, Jesus' response to Peter. It says what? Where I am going, you cannot follow me now. And that's what? But you shall follow me afterwards. Okay, so what Jesus was saying in essence is that what the work of redemption would be accomplished by him. Okay, and then they would come into his work later. Are you following me? Okay. Do that work is going to be accomplished by him. Okay. Only Jesus could, of course. Okay. Then they would follow him later. Okay. Now the father to understand that, but just follow a step at a time. Okay. So they were going to, I mean, that work was going to be accomplished by him. Then they would come into his work. Okay. Now the question is how were they going to do that? How? Look at verse 1. 
um, John 14. Are we there? Are we there? Look at what it says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So how were they going to come into the work of Jesus? Huh? Huh? By what? By faith in him. Can you see that? By faith. Believe also in me. Now we are following a step at a time. You just calm down and follow. Okay? So you will be able to connect with God as time goes. Just pay attention. Now look at verse 1 again. Are we there? John 14, 1. Are we there? Huh? It says, let not your heart be troubled. Because this is a verse, you know, I still remember in 2018, I was correcting it somewhere in Ife. You know, this is a verse that is usually misinterpreted. You know, we, say, we always say something like, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Like maybe um, something. But look at what he said in verse 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. It's confirming to them that you guys believe in God. Okay? Jews believe in God, don't they? They do. They believe in one God. This is our number 6 4. They believe, in, they believe in God. God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. They believe in God. But it says that was believe also in me. Can you see? Okay? So the, the word um, will get people saved is not believing in God. Many people believe in God. Many religions believe in God. Alright. But it says that was believe also in me. You believe in God, but believe also in me. Look at verse 2 now. Are we there? Are we there? Are we there? Don't forget, we have an idea of what Jesus was saying earlier. Jesus was talking about just one thing in that event of the Passover. Okay? He was talking about what he was about to accomplish. Now, that's what, let not you all be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. He says, verse 2, are we there? In my Father's house are many mansions. Look at that. says, if it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Can you see that? Look at that last statement. Say what? If we're not sure, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Where was Jesus going? Huh? Huh? Where was Jesus going? I can't hear everybody. Where was Jesus going? Huh? Huh? Okay, now, okay, I, I, guess, I guess we have been able to see that by comparing all the accounts so far, right? Huh? Huh? Okay, so this statement, is this statement actually talking about the term for me of Jesus? Huh? You know, the way we have taken it many times, uh, uh, Jesus was going. <laughs> but it's still going to get clear as we follow, okay? Now, he said, okay, I got to prepare a place for you, so it will be that that what Jesus has gone to do. He's preparing a place for us now. So very soon you will receive us. But what Jesus has been saying earlier is that what, what I am going. Okay, with uh, with fire desire, I desire to uh, to eat this Passover with you guys before I what before I go to what to suffer. Remember that in Luke's account, huh, huh? Okay, so Jesus was going to suffer. Okay, he was talking about Jesus' sacrifice. Okay, I go to prepare a place for you. That's why I said earlier that what we are going, you cannot go now. Okay? Alright. So he's not talking about the, 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 the second coming of Jesus, but Jesus' work of redemption. Now pay attention. Verse 2 again. It says, In my father's house are many mansions. Now just take a pause. I know I know our brains are going to be cracked. <laughs> we are already 
to think more. <laughs> so far, of course, we have always been doing that, and we will continue to do that as this series goes for sure. Okay, but uh, you know, one of the important things in this teaching is not just to pass information to you, but to um, dissolve doubts. Okay, so there was going to be clarity. Just pay attention. Okay, okay. Now let's be logical for once and ask yourself a question: Is this possible? Can there actually be a mansion in the house? Huh? Let me ask you, hey, why? Can there be a mansion in the house? Eh? <laughs> You're laughing. Eh? No, I'm be logical now. Eh? Can there be a mansion in the house? Eh? And you have an idea of the way the house is. <laughs> you know what a mansion is. <laughs> Actually, there should be houses inside a mansion or something like that. How do you say there's mansion in the house? Now, to top it all, you didn't even now say a mansion. <laughs> there were many mansions in the house. Is that logical? <laughs> Alright, now I want you to know that this, and this is very important, that word mansion, okay, um, is a very poor translation by the KJV. Okay? You will hardly find it in many other translations. Okay? Okay? Now it is the Greek word mone, M-O-N-E, with the with an accent on it. Okay? It's the Greek word mone. It means what abode. A B O D E. Abode. It means dwelling place. That's what it means. Dwelling place. Okay? Look, and it, it is and that, that word actually is used just twice. Okay, there's one more reference. Only one more reference that we'll find. See, and, and that's in the same, same chapter. John 14, see verse 23. The same man is used in verse 23. Are we there? That same word, money, that same word is used in verse 23. Are we there? Please pay attention. You guys are really slowing me down. Verse 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our words. Okay, our word abode with him. You see, some translation uses the word dwelling, right? Your your translation uses the word dwelling, right? Okay, that's what it means. Okay, that's the word. That's the exact same word. Money is used in verse twenty-three and verse two. So it's funny why um TV decided to use mansions here. <laughs> it's funny, so funny. And due to just that error, you know, it has led to a lot of what should I use hallucinations. <laughs> Eh? You know? <laughs> right. Okay? So, you, for example, in the New International Version, it says, What my father's house has many rooms. Can you see that? Okay? The New Living Translation says that what there is. Okay, please, someone should check the, the New International Version. I like, I, I mean, I like um, you guys seeing many things for yourself. Okay, now the new, the new living translation says that what, there is more than enough room in my father's home. Can you see that? There is more than enough room in my father's home. What, what, what word is used? Which version are you using? Can you see that? Can you see that it's the only place that is used here? Not mansion. <laughs> okay, can you read the NIV? So the, that's the international standard version, right? Use the word dwelling place. Okay? Can you see that? NIV, my father's house has many rooms. 
So imagine it's actually a very poor translation. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Alright. So you know, this will help you at least. This by this we are beginning to 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 uh, some things are beginning to come before your very eyes. But of course, for in about this, you know, one one thing that I mean uh, um, that happens that should always happen is that you would what you always learn, you always will learn, and you will unlearn. Okay, you will learn, you will relearn even what you have learned, and you will unlearn the wrong information <laughs> that you have in you. <laughs> All right. Now you know many people are, think that they are you know I'll think of heaven as what they what they are doing on earth is what they are building mansions in their a mansion for themselves in heaven. Okay. So and some people believe that um they are um they are okay, my own mansion is still under construction of which level is your own mansion with have you have you even finished foundation? I mean I've really finished level ah people like they are deep enough, ah their own mansion and they would have ah they have finished plastering, but they have painted and everything. Ah, come on, <laughs> come on. Once you have seen that, was where was Jesus going? Jesus was not going to heaven. <laughs> Jesus was going to suffer. Hell. That's Hades in the Greek, the place of the dead. <laughs> Jesus was going to death. All right. All right. So what is important for you to understand? Verse two says, "What in my father's house? Look into your Bibles. Are many." What there are many rooms, okay? It's all about what there are rooms. There are there are, there, are, there, are, there are many um, 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 rooms. There are many dwelling places. There are many abodes, okay? So it says that what um, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So the I go is talking about what? It's death, right or right? Huh? Okay. So once you see that what? So in Jesus's death. He went to prepare a place for us in the Father's house. Okay? In Jesus' death, He went to prepare a place for us in the Father's house. So now the question is, is there enough place for everyone? Huh? Yes! Because we have seen in verse 3 that what? He didn't say there is a mansion, but there are what? Huh? Many mansions. In the Greek, is the word many is what? Police. Okay? It means many, like so many, enough. Okay? Alright, now look at verse 3 now. Now say that what, and if I go, as you can agree with me, that like we will just end up in John today. Okay? Um, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Look at, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. So what is that talking about? Eh? Said I will go. What is it going about? Okay? Now said what I will come again and receive you to myself. So what is the coming talking about? Huh? Huh? It's talking about what is resurrection. Can you see that? It's talking about his resurrection. Okay? So when he says that what in my father's house are many mansions, then he says that what you guys Okay, and not okay. Of course, they were obviously not in his father's house. So this time around, I want to what prepare a place for you because there are there are enough not mansions now, but there are enough spaces for you for everyone. There are enough rooms for everyone, as many as possible. Okay, that why and what is the way? Okay, you are saying that what you believe in God, believe also in me. Okay, says what in my father's house are many mansions. Uh, correctly, there are many rooms available. Okay, 
Okay, so I go to prepare a place for you there. Okay, then I will come and bring you to myself. Okay, so what they in my father's house, there are many rooms for everybody, as many as as will come. That's why Jesus. That's why the invitation is for everyone. Okay, there's no, there's no, um, there's no. Uh, what, what happened? There's not like a stampede there. There's no overcrowding there. Okay, there's space for everyone in the father's house. Okay, so this um, discourse so far is it talking about um, rapture or salvation? Huh? Huh? Okay. Just follow. Now, so in Jesus' resurrection, he brought us to where he is. That's why I said I, would, I go to prepare a place for you. Okay, he said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Can you see that? So to the end, I was where I am, there you may be also. So in Jesus' resurrection, he, was, he brought us, okay, to where? To where he is. And where is the place? Huh? In the Father's house. Right or right? Okay. Now look at verse 4. Now says what? And where I go, you know. The way you know. Why did he say they knew? Because what he had told them. Isn't it? Okay. Now, that goes ahead. But obviously, still, they did not understand. Now, that said something. Now, you will see that you, you, you will begin to find more, more sense now in this. Now, that follows. Now, Jesus, I mean, sorry, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Look at what Jesus now said in verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay? So what you say? That what um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Look at it. Understand. He already said something. That what in my Father's house, pay attention. In my Father's house are many mansions. Better put it. In my Father's house there are many rooms. Okay? Okay? That's that what I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I will come and bring you to myself. So that where I am you will be also. Okay? Now said something that what um, so we want to understand what it means by Father's house. Because that's where it would be. That's where he wants to bring us to. He was going to bring us to. Okay? So he now says something that what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to the Father. Can you see that what? That means what the end is coming to where? To, to the Father. So you see that what? The Father's house, the Father's house is the Father himself. Are you following me? The Father's house is the Father himself. Okay? No one comes to the Father except through me. That means what the only way you can get to the Father is through me. And I said earlier that what I am going to prepare a place for you and I will come back to bring you to myself. So that where I am, in the Father, in the Father's house, there you will be also. No one else comes to the Father except through me. Now, it's actually something to actually think, I mean, it's something to think about. Okay? That... Look at that verse 6 there. It's a, very, it's a very popular verse, isn't it? It's a very familiar verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the question now, how come we have easily believed that this verse talks about salvation? I mean, don't we believe it's talking about salvation? Verse 6. You know, we have always, we have always known it's talking about salvation, isn't it? But how come we believe that this one is talking about salvation and the previous ones are not talking about salvation? <laughs> eh? Can you see that now? It's what cherry picking. That's what has been happening. Cherry picking, we just lift the verse out of the context. That's what we have always been doing. That would have been causing it. 
Or is it possible to be talking about making heaven before talking about salvation? <laughs> okay. Alright. So we see that what Jesus was talking, I mean, what am I saying? Is it possible to be talking about rapture before talking about salvation? <laughs> eh? Of course no. not. You know? So as someone says that was many, many years, very many years ago, you know, many people that, that go about to be, to be go, I mean, that go about, um, try, let me, let me say use the word, talking about the self of Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. <laughs> Calm down. You are, you are, you are going about preaching the second coming. When many people have never heard about the first coming, you have to preach the gospel to them about what Jesus did when he came in the first coming. That God, that's where you can receive salvation. You can't be saved by the end that Jesus is coming again. Can you be saved that way? Maybe we'll go about preaching that uh, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. That has to get someone say, Jesus loves you. Okay, he can not love me. So, okay, I don't know. Okay, I don't love him. <laughs> Jesus loves you too. But how did he show the love? How did God show his love? John 3.16 For God so loved the word that he gave his only son. Okay? So, what in love there is a giving. Okay, and we saw that what that giving. Okay, I, I believe many of us were listening to where we around there. I thought in 2018 or John 16. We gave him to die. Hallelujah, glory to God. So, so does it make sense now to you that this is talking about salvation and not talking about rapture? Huh? It's important to understand. <laughs> okay, so the Father's house is the Father Himself. So where was Jesus going? Jesus was going to suffer. He was going to die. Okay, so it was in his death that he was going to prepare a place for us. Right or right? Then what everything is going to be, was going to be fulfilled. So that preparing of a place for us, he's talking about what preparing a place for us in the Father. Such that what our salvation, we already salvation talks about what having an access to the Father. Now we are in the fatherhood, or better put, we are in the Father's family now. Are you following me? We are now in the Father. We are now in the Father's house. That is salvation. Okay, so the Father's house is the Father itself, the uh, Father himself. Okay, so Jesus' work of redemption, that's what is death and resurrection, was to one end. To what? To bring us to the Father. Okay, that was the, that was the end in mind. Okay, and what, what, was, what was supposed to be our, our, what is our role? Jesus has emphasized that in verse 1. To what? To believe in Him. You guys believe in God. Believe also in Him. Okay? So there's such a thing as faith in Christ Jesus. So that means what Jesus was doing was not going to be automatic for salvation. Okay? There was a need to believe in Him. Okay? But Jesus did the work, a complete work. Okay? You come into it by believing in Him. Hallelujah. Alright. So look at verse, so let's be um, very fast now, verse 19. Don't forget, we are still going to chapter 15, so. Let's step by the time, verse 19. Are we there? So you, 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 you by, by all the proof of what we are, we are going to examine so together, we'll find, you will see that Jesus was talking about just one thing. He was not talking about, at any point, talking about his, about, um, his second coming, but about what he was just about to accomplish. And I think we, it was clear enough in Matthew, Mark, Mark and Luke's accounts, right? That Jesus was talking solely about what he was about to do. Right or right? That he was about to suffer. 
Okay, so just follow from there. So you find out as the more you that why it's important for you not to cherry pick. If you read the whole of of that why I told you, you know, this event in this event Jesus talked about what I mean I mean this event um of um of this Passover, Jesus' um, final charge, the disciples and admonition were recorded by John is in what we have as what John thirteen to John seventeen, the same event. So to understand it, you actually have to read John thirteen to John seventeen. I felt like Jesus was emphasizing one basic thing. He was about to die. He was going to be raised from the dead. And what will be accomplished as a result of that? Okay? Salvation, the giving of the Spirit. Okay, now pay attention. Just follow. You see that you see that it makes sense. You see that he's emphasizing that one and same thing. See verse 19. Are we there? John um, 14, verse 19. A minute, please. Okay, look at what it says. A little while longer. Look at it. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Can you see that? Listen to that. I mean, pay attention to that. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. Because it was going. Right or right? But he said, the world will see him no more. But what? These people, you will see me. Can you see that? Because I live, you will live also. Okay, you don't pay attention to what he said, but you will see me. What was he talking about? See verse 20. The next verse. Okay, he said what? At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. At what day? Is he talking about here? Okay, what's the day that everything is going to be accomplished? Okay, because he said what? The world will see me no more. But what you guys will see me, because what? I will come back to you. When Jesus goes from the dead, did he show himself to the world? Huh? Who did he show himself to? To his disciples. Okay? So what is that was at that day, when this is accomplished, the day that is accomplished, talking about his resurrection, the fulfillment of everything he came to do, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. It's going to get clear as we follow, just pay attention. Okay, see verse 20. It's going to be obvious now. Verse 20. Are we there? I mean, is it verse 20? Okay, we have seen that already. Verse 20. That says, okay. So what basically, is, what he was saying is that, so the day he's talking about what is the day that he was going to what manifest himself to them. Because he said that what, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Now in that day, I mean that day that you will see me, that day that I will manifest myself to you. Okay? Okay? So, um, look at verse 21. It's going to be clearer. It says, He who has my commandments and keep them, keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him. And what? Can you see that? I will love him and do what? Manifest myself to him. Can you see that? Alright. So it's, good. it's still going to get clear. You just pay attention. See verse 22. Now look at Judas. Now it now makes it clear that was not Iscariot. Why? Iscariot was no more here. Okay, now it says what? Said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Can you see that? Can you see that? Yeah, he's talking about upon his resurrection, isn't it? Okay. Can you see that? Upon his resurrection. Many times you have to pay attention, just calm down and you know, follow through the context. You will see that many times we are missing this because we cherry pick, because we just leave verses. Alright. So he was talking about what on upon his resurrection. Okay. Now look at verse 29. Very important. Before seeing verse 29, down to point out something. See verse 27 first. Verse 27. Are we there? It says, Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give to you. Not as the word gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't forget, I said that earlier in verse 1. And let not your heart be troubled. Right or right? This what now, because what I give you my peace, I leave with you my peace. Look at verse 28. It says, You have heard me. Look at the. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. So the going and the coming talks about what? Is what is death and resurrection from the dead. It's still going to make more, more sense. Just follow. Much more sense. It says, If you loved me, look at you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Okay? So he said that well, you will rejoice. If you love me, you will rejoice actually. Why? Because I will come back to you. Now just pay attention. It's going to get clear. Verse 29 says, And now I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it comes to pass, you may believe. Okay? So when I finally I, I rise from the dead and manifest myself to you, you, you will finally believe. Now let's see something that will make it a, a much clearer again. See, look to chapter 16. John 16. One and the same event. John 16, are we there? John 16. How fast am I? Quite slow. John 16, verse 16, are we there? Are we there? Okay, now it says what? Um, a little while. Okay, I've left that there. Okay, a little while and you will not see me. Now pay attention. And again, a little while and you will see me. Can't you see that? Is it a little while you will not see me? Isn't it? Then after that, a little while you will see me. He says, well, because I go to the Father. Now, pay, just follow. Then some of the disciples said to them, I'm going to get clear, what is this that he says to us, a little while you will not see me, and again a little while you will see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says, a little while? We do not know what he's saying. Because now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves what I said, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Most assuredly I say to you, look at, pay attention, you find out, says, most assuredly I say to you, you that you will weep and lament. So look at your Bibles. What will happen? You will weep and lament. Now, that weep and, weeping and lamenting is as a result of what? It's death. Right or right? Okay, because you're going to be crucified. Now, it says you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. So the going there, is it talking about Jesus going to heaven or going to suffer? Because well, um, the, um, the world will obviously be quite indifferent <coughs> to him going to heaven. I would, they, they are most likely going to be unaware in the first place. Okay? But the going was talking about what is suffering. Okay? So why these disciples will be weeping and lamenting, the world will rejoice. Okay? Okay? Because they have actually um, crucified him. They have actually nailed him to the cross. Now follow. But the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful. But what is the end? But your sorrow will be turned into joy. And that gives an illustration. A woman... When she is in labor, her sorrow because, of, because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. Can you see that? And your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And, says, and in that day, what day? That day that I will manifest myself to you. Okay? In that day, 
when you see me again, what you will ask me nothing. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you in a figurative language. Is it parable in KJV? The proverb, proverb, okay? Now, this thing I have spoken to you in a figurative language. But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in a figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. So, when was he going to tell them plainly about the Father? After what he had what he has resurrected and was manifested himself to them, then he will tell them plainly. No more in Proverbs, no more in figurative language, but plainly about the Father. Can you see that? Can you see that? Okay, and that was accomplished, of course, if you saw when Jesus goes from the dead, he manifested himself to them. And according to Luke's account in Acts 1, he was with them for what for 40 days. Okay, with many infallible proofs teaching about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, so I guess it's clear, right? Okay, so let's follow. So now we know the context of Jesus' admonition. Why the right? Huh? Okay, so let's move to our major text now, chapter 15, John 15. John chapter 15. I've already said earlier, can't move from John today. <laughs> what I have here. I think you guys understanding is, is um, the priority, not covering as much as possible. Okay? I mean, not covering too many within a too small time. Okay, John 15, are we there? Are we there? So now that we are understand the context of the, of the discourse now, now it says what? I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. KJV used the word husband man. What, version, what, what word is that in your Bible? Okay, vine dresser. Okay, that was here as well. Vine dresser. KJV used the word husband man. Okay, I want you to know that word. That word husband man, vine dresser, is from the um, Greek word geogos. Uh, uh, okay? Geogos. Um, G-E-O-R-G-O-S. The O has an accent on it. Okay? Um, Georgos. Okay? It simply means what? A farmer. Are you following me? That what it simply means. What? A what? A farmer. A vine dresser. That what it means. Okay? Okay? Now, pay attention. It says what? I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Now it says, every branch in me, which is our, our major text, so it's important for you to pay attention. We still have a long way to go. Now it says, every branch in me, that does not bear fruit. One thing he said, very importantly, every branch where? Huh? You see the word in me. It's very important to pay attention to that. In me. Okay? Okay? That's talking about what? In Christ. Right or right? Okay? I want you to know that what that word, in me, in Christ, is a New Testament language. Okay? It is an, I'm talking about an identification found in salvation. Okay? He never, Jesus never used that word, that expression, until this scenario. Towards the end of his earthly work. When it was about time for the work. In me.
Okay. What did I write here? Um, Alright. Okay, you just follow. Okay? So look at verse 2. Pay attention now. Are we there? Huh? Okay? Now, see that what? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, it prunes. I think KJV is what purges. Purges. Okay? It prunes that it may bear more fruits. Okay? Now, actually, that's why, you know, that's why I emphasized something so far. I mean, when we started uh, um, looking at verse 2, every branch here in me. The truth is that actually one of our major undoing is the fact that we have not been paying attention enough. Okay? Uh, it's because we do not pay attention enough. That's what happens. That's our major error to a large extent. Because you would have noticed that this text actually talks about three different categories of people. Not two. Okay. Now look at it. Look at verse 2 again. Are we there? Are we there? Okay. It says what? Every branch here in me. So one is talking about a branch in him. Why the right? It says that what? That does not bear fruit. What will happen to it? It will be taken away. Right? Okay. Now, um, then that's one category. A branch in him that does not bear fruit will be taken away. Why the right? Now look at the next one. It says that what? And every, and, um, every branch that bears fruit, it prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So we have another one, what, another, another, uh, another category is what, the branch in him that bears fruit. It's going to purge or prune so it will bear more fruit. Why the right? Huh? Okay. Now there's also another one, verse 6. Are we there? You see what? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. So we have another category is what? Under a branch that is not in him. Can you see that? Okay. If anyone is not abiding in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is it, I think KJV is cast forth. Huh? Okay. As a branch, and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Just, I'm going to talk about three different categories of people. We have one, a branch in him that does not bear fruit. Right or right? Then we have what the branch in him that bears fruit. Then we have what the branch that is not in him. Right or right? Okay, so pay attention. We will follow from there. All right. So talking about it has actually it actually has three different categories of people in mind. So back to verse two, John fifteen two. Wow. Okay. John fifteen two. Are we there? Huh? Okay. Verse two. Okay, now that I've to stick, stick with John, I think I'll, I'll be able to manage the time better. So, you guys, I'll, I'll do my best to wait a bit for you, but please write fast and pay attention very well. Verse 2. Are we there? Okay, verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. Now, that's the major thing we want to examine, but let's follow. And every branch that bears fruit, it prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. At this point, I want you to be looking to your Bibles, or else you will miss a lot of things. 
Okay? Now, you see that what? And every branch that, that bears fruit, what happens? It will prune or purge. What word is that in your, in your version? Prune as well, okay? That it may bring, bear more fruit. Now it says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Pay attention to that verse 3 as well. Okay? Now it says what? Abide in me and I in you. Now because I say that what? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay? So there's something like there's words abide. So the question now is that is, it, is, is this actually talking about an instruction from Jesus that uh, for the person that is saved to preserve himself? Because that's what abide means now. Okay? So is, is that an instruction to, to the point that is saved now to preserve himself, to preserve his salvation so that what he will not lose it? So that I want to examine. Okay? Now that word abide, okay, is the Greek word meno. Or better, sorry, meno. Okay, meno, meno. And the O has an accent on it. M-E-N-O. It means, it's a verb, of course. It means dwell in me. Dwell. That was about it means. Dwell. Dwell. So you find that there's actually a relationship between money um, uh, and menu. And menu. You know, money means dwelling place. Okay? So that, that looks like the noun to me. Okay? And we have menu, which is dwell, which is a verb. Dwell in me. Okay? But the, the question now is how are they to do that? How? Okay? So was it talking about preserving your salvation? But one thing to know is that was don't forget that that the salvation the salvation was not even available yet at that time. Right or right? Huh? Was salvation available at that time? Okay? So how were they to dwell in him? How were they to dwell in him? Now the truth is that sometimes you have, that's why I talk about what paying attention and reading through from in the whole of that of that event, John thirteen to John seventeen. So I went to dwell in him. What is what is one major admonition that he had that he had he had charged them with over and over again? So far. Huh? One big admonition that I would that I was emphasizing over and over again. Okay? That we could see from verse um, from verse one of chapter fourteen. And what let not your heart be troubled. Huh? Okay, what did he say? Okay? Then what? Believe in me. Right or right? Okay. Just a step at a time. Okay? That word, that is talking to believe in this event. Jesus is talking them on seven different uh, occasions. In this event. Seven times. Believe in me. Believe in me. Believe in me. As many of you that believe. So, so. Believe, so, so that you may, I mean, important that you believe, okay? So, that is one million instructions Jesus has been given so far, okay? However, it is important for us to further see, okay? So, let's further see if this assertion of ours is really true in the context, okay? So, we are answering the question, how were they to abide in him? How were they to dwell in him? I found that what abide is the Greek word, what? 
menu, which means what to dwell. So how are they to dwell in him? So what that we want to answer from the context. Look at verse, verse 3 again. Verse 3. Are we there? John 15, 3. Are we there? It says, you are already clean. I tell you we should pay attention to that earlier. Now, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, this statement, you are already clean, it was a statement he has used earlier. Now, he used that statement earlier when he was watching the disciples' feet. And you you find out something that is, that is very important to pay attention to. See chapter 13, that's in chapter 13 that we started with. You find, you, you, if you get clear, you just pay attention. It's everything you will be able to connect with us in, in a short while. John 13, verse 10. Are we there? John 13, verse 10. Are we there? Don't forget, what's in John 15, 3? That was so earlier. You are what? Okay. So John was saying that was you are clean. Right or right? You are clean. That means he was, he was talking to all of them. Right or right? That you are clean. Okay. Now look at John 13. Look at how he said, how he used that in John 13, verse 10. Are we there? He said, well, Jesus said to him, He who is bathed, bathed, needs only to wash his feet. But is, look at, but is completely clean. Look at that says, And you are clean, but not all of you. Can you see the way it says in, in verse 13? That you are clean, but not all of you. See the next verse. that was, For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. Can you see? So in this verse, in this time, he said that was, You are clean, but not all of you. Because there was someone that was going to betray him. And notice that was, after this statement, that he now dismissed Judas Iscariot. Then he could now say that, what, You are already clean. You guys are clean. You could now generalize. Are you following me? Okay. So why was from that verse? Why was Judas um, not clean? Yeah, he said that what you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew how did Jesus? Uh, how do we identify who Jesus was talking about that was not clean? Verse eleven. For he knew. For he knew who would betray him. Can you see that? Okay. So just pay attention from there. Okay. So what he, he knew who would betray him. Okay, he knew. Now that same that same phrase was used earlier as well in John six, because he knew would betray him. So he used adjectives to describe Judas over and over again. Look at John six. John six. Are we there? Very fast. John six sixty three. John six sixty three. Are we there? Okay. Look. I says what? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh. Profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirits and they are life. Look at But there are some of you who do not believe. Right or right? It now says that what? For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Can you see that statement again? Who would betray him? Okay? Can you see that? Okay? So why was Judas Iscariot unclean? Huh? Are you clear? Okay. Why was Judas Iscariot unclean? Uh, what? Unbelief. That what? But Jesus knew. But he said that what? But there are some of you who do not believe. That's what? For Jesus knew those 
from the beginning that would that who did not believe and who would betray him. Okay? So John was John I'm sorry, Judas Iscariot was unclean because of unbelief. Okay? So how did others become clean? Huh? Huh? Okay, by faith. Look at verse 68. Very fast. Very fast, very fast. Are we there? Huh? Are we there? Okay, it says what? Um, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also, we have come, look at, we have come to believe. Oh my God. Look at your Bibles. Verse 68. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Ah, where are you? Because you are really slowing me down. Okay? Look at what he said in verse 69. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So how did these people, the disciples, how did they become clean? Huh? They believed in Jesus. That was the Christ. Okay? Now, pay attention though. So, Peter was talking, not on behalf of himself alone, but like a class captain, on behalf of the other disciples. The other twelve. I mean, the other eleven. Himself and the other eleven. That's twelve. Okay? But look at what Jesus said in verse 70. Jesus answered him, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And one of you is a devil. Okay? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. Okay? So I get it clear so far, right or right? Huh? Okay. Now look at verse 28. So we have seen that what, um, the, the, those that were unclean, uh, Judah Iscariot was unclean, okay? Because of what? Unbelief. Right or right? Those that were clean, were clean by believing, because they believe in Jesus. Right or right? Don't forget the same admonition that we saw in the next, I mean, in, uh, in um, John 14 as well, as one. That what? You believe in God, but what? Believe also in me. Right or right? Now, move, move, uh, um, let's back up in um, um, John 6. See some earlier verses. Um, verse 28. Are we there? Are we there? Okay, John 6, 28. It says what? Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may that we may work the works of God. So that's a question they asked Jesus, right or right? Okay, can we read verse 29 together? Everybody want to go. Yes. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he is sent. So what is the work of God? What is Jesus' response? Huh? Okay, that what they should what? Believe in him. See verse 35. Are we there? So Jesus' um, uh, Jesus's, um, emphasis was that these people should do what? Huh? Believe that my name is Victor. To what? Believe in him. Right or right? Huh? Okay. Now look at verse um, 35. This is what? And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. So Jesus talk about believing in him here. Yeah? Huh? Right or right? Okay? So, you see that what, he started by saying that what, I am the bread of life. 
Right or right? So what coming to him and believing in him is figurative of like, I mean, so it's just like saying, I am the bread of life, you should eat me. But that is what's figurative, that what you should what believe in me. Is that clear? Huh? Okay, so um, so you see that what figuratively eating him as bread. Okay, but one thing, what you can see there, what I say is that what if you do that, please pay attention. If you do that, what will happen to you? You shall never what? You shall never what at first? You shall never what? That means what if you eat him as bread, you shall never what? Hunger. You shall never what? Thirst. So that means it shows that what the eating of Jesus which we can see that is believing, is done how many times? Once and what? Once and for all. So it's better for you to understand it. If I tell you that what, if you eat this bread, you will never hunger again. It means that what, once you eat it, there will be no need to what, go over the process all over again. You don't need to go over the process again. Okay, it's better for you to get my teaching in 20, 2017 on the communion of the body and blood. Everything, answering every question about Holy Communion and many other things. Okay, that was in Ether. It's four week um, teaching. Alright. Okay. So you see that what once you would eat the bread, there will be no need for you to what redo that, to repeat that process. That means that process is done once and for all. So once you eat the bread, you will not hunger again. You will not thirst again. Remember, he said the same uh, similar statement in John 4 to the woman in Samaria. When he was asking her for water, I said that well, are you greater than our father Jacob and everything? And that when I said that he said that what if you would I mean I mean if you are if you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked him and he would have given it to you with the living water. That what if you eat it, drink it, you will never thirst again. That the woman now said, I will give me this water that I may never thirst again. Then I said, I will go and call your husband. I said, I have no husband. Are you following me? Okay? So it shows that once you partake of this, of this life, it is done, I mean, it is done how many times? Once and for all. There will be no need for you to go, to go over the process again. So that was, once you are in, you are in. So is that an assurance? Huh? Okay, just follow. Okay. He said, what? No more hunger. Once you, what, you will not hunger, you will not thirst. That's verse 35. Are we there? Verse 35. Verse 35. Are we there? Okay. He said, what? Once you, he that believes in him shall never thirst. Okay, look at verse 36 now. Are we there? Huh? Okay, now says that what? But I said to you that you have seen me. And you do not believe. See? That's that all that the Father gives me will come to me. Look at. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Is that an assurance? Huh? Huh? Now look at, follow, just follow again. It says, For I have come down from, the, from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That all that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should waste it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him. What, will, what, what happens? Huh? He what? I have what everlasting life, and what I will raise him up at the last day. Is that a probability or a certainty? Huh? Okay, that is a certainty, an assurance. Go to verse 47. So we have seen that what be the eating of Jesus is figurative of what? Of what? Of what? Believing in him. Okay, verse 47. 
Are we there? He said, what? Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, what happens? Huh? He, what, he has everlasting life. So is he going to have it or he has it already? Huh? Okay. Now, now go to say that word. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven. Talk about himself now. That one may eat of it and what? Not die. That means once you eat of this bread, you partake of this thing one and for all, death is already what? An impossible thing. Are you following me? Now, in Agustin, you say that what? I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for what? For the life of the world. Verse 52. And that says, Then the Jews never quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in him. The eating and drinking is figurative of what? Of believing. So as a result of that, you will never hunger, you will never thirst. Right or right? Okay? That says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has what? Eternal life. Can you see that? And I will raise him up at the last day. It's Saturday, right? Okay? That says, For my flesh is food indeed. I think it is what meat indeed. Okay? And my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. It's important for you to get this. Don't forget, we, we, are, we are asking a question that what, how can a man abide in him? Right or right? Because the instruction was what, abide in me and I in you. Right or right? You remember that in John 15, 3. Okay? Now look at what we now saw. Um, John 15, and look at um, verse 56. Are we there? For my, verse 5, For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. It says, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. I think it is what dwells here. That's that same word, menu. Can you see that? Can you see that? Okay, so how, when, how um, will a man abide in Jesus? How will a man dwell in Jesus? By what? By what? By believing in Him. That's how to dwell in Jesus. So it's actually not an instruction. It's actually, um, men who hear, it's actually in this context, it's not talking about persevering. Ah, I must keep on, keep it on, um, until the end, until Jesus comes. No. Dwelling in Jesus is what is by, is coming into Him. And because what Jesus already explained that what, anyone that comes into Him, I will not cast Him out. Right or right? So that is what, that is definitive of the dwelling already. That means what the instruction to abide in him is basically what is going to fulfill by himself the more. Yours is to come in and it's going to keep you in. Right or right? He that comes to me, I will by no means what cast out. Can you see that? He that what believes in me, he that eats my flesh, drinks my blood, he shall never hunger again. He shall never thirst again. Okay? That he that believes in me will not die. He that eats his bread will not die. Okay, he will live forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, so we have seen how the dwelling is now. How? By what? By faith in him. Believe. So it's not what everything, he has been emphasizing the same instruction. Even since that time, I was talking to the Jews as well. Believe, believe, believe. It's not what, when they ask him that, what, how, how can we, what shall we do to do the work of God? That what, this is the work of God. That what you should believe in him that he sent, that the Father sent. 
God had to talk about believing. That was some of you do not believe. Okay? Now when I heard, even when I was with the disciples alone, so let not you have the trouble believing God. You believe in God. Okay, you believe in God, but believe in me. Okay? That's how to dwell in God. So move back to John 15 now. I guess you're already clear, right? He's talking to abide in him. Huh? Okay. You say I was many times we, we get we, we get rid of many of our errors of cherry picking and lifting verses and assuming and starting um, from our opinions. When we just calm down and what it leads to, you know, you can't just depend on just one thing. You have to read through. You know, and that's one of the things that we, 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 we pledge as our hope. That we will not depend on our, our opinions, our own thoughts. Hallelujah. Okay, look at, so verse 3 again. Says, verse three now says what? So you see that was, you find that what Jesus was talking was coming from the same angle. He was, he was emphasizing the same thing. Okay, even from the major, from the, um, from the very beginning. It says what? Well, you are already clean. Why are they clean? Don't forget, we already emphasized that earlier in, in verse 13. Huh? They are already clean. Why? Because they believed in him. So you know, this time around, Judas was no, Judas Iscariot was not here. So you could generalize now. So that's the word, you are already clean because of the word I spoke to you. That word did not profit Judas Iscariot. Right or right? So it was not clean. Okay? Now that's that word, abide in me. Okay, okay, now pay attention and I in you. We, already, we have seen that, right? We have seen what it means, right? To dwell in him. Huh? Huh? Okay? It's by what? By what? Okay, by believing in him. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Alright. Don't forget, yeah, I already said earlier that, was, that don't worry. When all these things are accomplished, when I manifest myself to you, in that day, you will see and what you will believe. Right or right? Okay, so there was something to be believed. Okay, the, and we have emphasized that what Jesus, um, from the beginning, was emphasizing one major point: what he was about to go and accomplish. I go, I go, and the going was we're talking about what his suffering. Okay, and what on the third day, what was going to happen? He would rise again from the dead. Okay, so you have to believe in that work. Are you following me? Okay, just just follow from there. Okay, so verse 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 four says, okay, says as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the in the vine, says neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay, so why did why did Jesus um why did Jesus call them um branches? Just one major reason, basically because they had been with Jesus already. Okay. Look at us. Look at okay. Let's see something. Verse um, twenty, twenty, um, twenty-six. Are we there? Verse twenty-six. Huh? But when the ever comes, okay, is it comfort in KJV? Oh, huh? That's in ISV. What about KJV? Twenty-six. John fifteen twenty-six. Comforter. Okay. Says when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. The spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will do what? He will testify of me. Right or right? And that says what? And you also will bear witness. Why? Huh? Which verse are we, um, Priscilla? Okay. So, what were they going to do? Okay, they were going to also bear witness because why? They had been with him from the beginning. 
So what these people they want they they had what they identify with Jesus in his earthly work. Right or right? Right or right? So that's why Jesus called them what branches. Okay? So he said that what he said something in verse 27 that I was so earlier. That will you guys be also bear witness. Why? Because you have been with me from the beginning. Does that refer to us? Huh? No number one, none of us have we not been with Jesus from the beginning. See now we have never even seen it. Okay. Well, so I'm telling, I'm just telling you categorically now. I mean categorically now. So, um, well, so <laughs> I think most of you are thinking about the pattern of the Christ now. I've seen Jesus now. I saw him on my TV screen. <laughs> All right. So he called them branches. Why? Because they were they had identified with him in his early work. Okay. They had what they had been with him. Okay, but was that enough to get it, to get anyone saved? Huh? Huh? Do you remember when we examined Matthew seven? Lord, Lord, right or right? That not just anyone can call Jesus Lord can can say Lord, Lord. That emphasis shows that what there was an intimacy. There was a physical intimacy that was shared. They identified identified with him, but that was not enough to get someone saved. Okay, there was a will of the Father to be done. Okay, you need to believe to please your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so he says that what? Verse 4. He says what? Unless you abide by neither can you bear food unless you abide in Verse 5. Are we there? Are we there? And that says what? I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. The abiding is how? Huh? Okay, by faith. In Christ Jesus. This is what he bears much food. For without me, you can do nothing. Now follow. Now, so to an extent, you to an extent you have a clearer picture now, right? Okay, so let's go back to verse 1 again. So we need to clear out clear, clear everything up once and for all. Verse 1 again, are we there? Say what I am the true vine. Now, whenever you see the word that word true, it has to do is um, okay. I think the the the, the noun of the word is um, truth, uh, aletia. So this word is has something to do with aletia. Okay. Whenever you see the word that word true, true, when you say I am the true something, for example, in John ten, I said I am the true shepherd. Okay, no, I'm the good shepherd. That's in John ten. But in a number of times, he said I am the true something. Okay. And in John four as well, when you said that what uh, for the true worshippers shall worship Father and Son. So it shows that what that there there's actually a false there are actually some things that that you might have been looking at, but those things are false. There's one that you're supposed to pay attention to. Are you following me? For example, in that John Paul, you see, you were saying that she was saying that our fathers worship in the mountain. For you guys, did you say that what is in Jerusalem that men ought to worship? But you was not saying that what the hour comes and now is when the true worshippers. Can you see that? Shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth? Because the Father seeks such to worship Him. That is God is a spirit. And they are watching him was watching him and speed that too. I mean, just that what you say that what what you guys were doing was not true worship. What you guys were doing in, in uh, on the mountain or in Jerusalem, those sacrifices and everything is not true worship. The hour is coming when the true worshippers are watching the Father in the Spirit. Okay, so Jesus is saying that what I am the true vine. So don't pay attention to another another direction. Okay, you know, just pay attention to another direction that led the Jews astray. That didn't allow them to believe in Him. That's why they didn't enter through the narrow gate. Faith in Christ Jesus. 
He said, well, I am the true vine, okay? And my father is the husbandman or the vine dresser. Okay? I am the true vine. Now, you know, a vine basically um, is... How many of us know what a vine is? But you shall have an idea that it's a plant, right? Uh, okay, okay, a vine is a creeping plant. That's a creeping plant. Is creeping plants do not grow on their own. They actually grow. They grow around a stick or around a support. Okay, these are creeping plants. They don't actually stay on their own. Okay, but just have an idea of what what is, what is going about here. Okay, um, many times they grow around under plants. But now, um, I want to now the question is this. Now, okay, it says what? Okay. Okay, I am the true vine, my father is the husband man. Now he says something in verse 5 that was, I am the vine, you are the branches. Why the right? Huh? Okay, now I want to ask you a question. Now, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, take it alleg- uh, allegorically as you are seeing a, a plant now. Okay? The, the vine basically will be talking about the major, uh, the major plant, which is the stem area, the shoot, basically the stem area. Though. Okay? Then we have the branches. Okay, now, which supplies nutrients to which? Do, does the vine supply nutrients to the branches, or the branches supply nutrients to the vine? Huh? Okay, so it is what the vine that supplies nutrients to the branches. Why the right? Why the right? Okay, you just follow. Just follow as we, as we, as we follow. I mean, as we pay attention. So, Jesus said it was the true vine. Don't forget. Now, I am the true vine, verse 1 again. My father is the husband man. Now, verse 2. Are we there? Now, says, well, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what will he do? He takes it. But don't forget the word in me. We have emphasized that earlier, right? Okay? Okay? This is what he taketh away. Alright. Now, this is the major place um, where the, what should I use? Maybe the confusion is. And that word, take it away, is one word. Okay, so take it is not a word and a way and that word that maybe now come together to make a meaning or something. Take it away is one word. Okay, is the word Iro in the Greek. A-I-R-O. A-I-R-O. Okay, in the Greek, the O has an um, accent on it. I go. Okay, now you know this. Now that word, take that word I go. Are you with me? Please pay attention. Pay attention. We have limited time left. Okay. Now that word I go. That word I go does not mean to do away with something. Okay. It simply means to. Um, it simply means it has to do with. Um, um, Taking something from one position to another. It's going to make more sense to you as you follow. Okay? That's what it means. It means to transfer something from one position to another. Okay? That word I go is used um, one day and ten times in the New Testament Greek lexicon. Okay? And we are going to see a, a few, very few among them. Okay? But, but, but in its basic sense, it actually means to lift something up. That's what it actually means. To lift something up. It means to lift something up. Okay? 
Look at let's let's see some example in in which it was used. Okay, so basically, it does not have to do with doing a row with something. It has basically has to do with you are just transferring something from one position to another. Now let's see some some um, reference in which it was used. John 11, just back up to chapter 11. John 11, when Jesus was going to raise um, Lazarus, verse 39. John 11, 39. Are we there? Are we there? Okay. Jesus said, "What did Jesus say? Take away the stone." Now, when did they, did they go and did you say, this man with the stone, burn the stone, carry it away, break it, throw it around? What is it? Simply what? Take it away the stone. Okay. Now, in his basic sense, actually, that has to do with lifting something up. In his basic sense. Basically, that has to do with is a transference, basically, from one position to another. Okay, now, okay, now, let's see other, other, other um, um, references. See chapter 8, John 8. John 8, are we there? John chapter 8. John 8, are we there? Very fast, please. John 8, are we there? I want us to read it together. Are we there? Everybody, John chapter 5, verse 8. One to go. Okay, I said, just say John 8. Sorry, I meant John 5, verse 8. John 5, 8. Are we there? Can we together everybody want to go? Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. So that word take up is the word I wrote. Just like in John 11, that word take away is I wrote. In John um, 5, that word take up is the word I wrote. Matthew chapter 9, very fast. Now I'm not going to wait. Matthew chapter nine verse six. Matthew chapter nine verse six. That was when Jesus was was with the paralytic um, that was um, let down from the roof um, by his four friends. Okay. Now verse six says what? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed and walk. Can you see? So it was it was it was it had to do with what a taking up, a lifting up. Why the right? Huh? Okay, see um, Mark 16. Mark 16. Mark 16, verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17. It says what? And this sign shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Demons. They will speak with new tongues. Look at verse 18. They will do what? Verse 18. They will what? They will what? Take up serpents. Can you see that? Can you see that? Okay, so it is what it is what a transference from one position to another. Look at um, Revelation chapter ten. Revelation ten. Ah, look like Revelation is a special book in the Bible. I'm not even sure we have even visited it any time today. I mean, any time in this series so far. So we'll still, we'll still come back to it this series for sure. Okay, Revelation ten. Are we there? Verse five. Revelation ten, verse five. Are we there? Okay, it says what? The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land, what did he do? Okay, he lifted up his hand to heaven. That word lifted up is the word Iro in the Greek. Okay, so you see that word? He's not talking about number one. Can, can, can you cast away your hand? <laughs> eh? <laughs> can you cast away your hand? <laughs> okay, so he's actually talking about what? The position. You change this position. Most of the time, it has to do with. Making it to taking it to an elevated position. Are you following me? For example, he was sleeping on the bed. He said, Arise, 
take up your bed and walk. So what you have taken it from the ground and suspended it in the air because you are holding it. Are you following me? So we're talking about taking something to an elevated position. Are you with me? Okay, so let's move back to John uh, 15. The truth is that many times it's just the bias of the translator that I have to impute words. So that word I hope, we have seen that word, it could mean, and it's used in different instances, you see what as take away, you see that word as to lift up, you see that to bear up. Okay? For example, now in um, Matthew 4, when the, de- um, the Satan was tempting Jesus and, uh, and he was quoting from, um, from Psalm 91, you see that word, you should jump now from the pinnacle of the temple now, like for it is written, it shall give you the dangerous child over the is to keep it in other ways. In the hand, they shall what bear thee up. Can you see? That means they will suspend him. Okay? Lest the dash is put against the stone. Can you see that? So it has to do with what they lifting up. That's what it means. Okay? So it is not actually trying to do with with um, doing away with something. Are you following me? Are you following me? That was take so you said what it could mean take I mean it could be used in different ways as take away, as what take up, as bear up, as lift up. But they have basically a sense that they suggest. And that suggests and that sense that I suggest is not what's doing away with something. Are you following me? So you see that what many times that why I thought that why it's very important, you know, our exhibit B, the Bible and the believer. You know, many times the the, the, the Bible of the transition comes in, into the way. You know. That why sometimes that why that one well, the Bible well, don't let me don't let me don't let me um yeah, put that in this series. I think we have um, many series in the future to talk about some some other things that have to do with history. All right. So we said what the bands of the bands of the translators matters a number of times. They could have chosen to use what lift up or bear up or take up, <laughs> but they chose take away. They are bad. However, if you understand the context of the use of the word, you still you will still get the flow. Are you following me? You still get the flow of thought. Okay? So verse 2 again. It says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what happens? He what? He taketh away. Okay? He taketh away. Okay? So you see that was, uh, now, it's important for you to know that just like in, 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 uh, in Luke 9 that we examined last week, uh, when we were examining um, the, um, uh, um, he that lays down on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You remember that, right? Okay, now, one of the things I explained when I was teaching that is that what Jesus often would use the illustrations that these people were familiar with in presenting his, 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 um, his, um, his, um, his statements or his uh, arguments, basically. Are you following me? In teaching them. Okay, so what many of these people were farmers. So they would easily understand what he was saying. Are you following me? Are you following me? Same thing in this one. This is also what a, a farming scenario. Are you following me? Okay? So this thing, you could, it was actually talking, many of them knew about farming. Okay? Now, historically, this teaching was, of course, when Jesus was going to die, because this statement, this statement, all these teachings were just hours before, for those of you that were around for last week's, I mean, last December's teaching, okay, on the, the 12 hours, um, 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 investigating, um, of the message of our Lord and Christ, this gospel. Okay, we were able to see that what, I mean, all these things that I said were just hours before he was arrested. Okay? And it was actually, it was not actually a matter of this. So just hours after he was arrested, I was crucified as well. Okay, so these statements were hours before he was arrested. Okay? Okay? Now, okay, so historically, this teaching was during the spring period, the spring season, during the spring. 
Remember, so, okay, we have four major seasons, right? Summer, autumn, winter, and spring. Other spring follows what summer, then again, autumn, winter, spring, summer, autumn, winter, spring. That's where it goes. Okay, so this was during the spring season. Okay, okay, and traditionally, during the spring, now, when you hear the word spring, now, those words, I don't know this, these words are not, are not, they are not words that were just, that maybe someone just brought up. I believe me. People actually use some things, some, some things that we could point out to name sometimes. For example, that was spring was because it was during that time that plants spring up very well. Are you following me? That's the major time that plants spring up. Are you following me? That's why they use the word spring. Are you following me? That's why it's called, it's named spring. Okay. Now, traditionally, during the spring period, during the spring, okay, the farmer comes to examine his plant. Okay. You know, you will plant first. It won't grow immediately now. Okay. So there's such a thing as a spring when they, will, they are supposed to spring. So at that point, you are expecting every, everyone to spring. Are you following me? Okay. Now, the, uh, during the spring period, during the spring, the farmer comes to examine his plants. Okay. Now, now it's important for you to get this. Now, we are, we are talking basically now in the context of what, of a particular plant called what divine. Okay. Now, when you examine the plant, now every time, even for many other plants as well, especially the ones that have fruits, you find that what the greener portion, the greener, the ones that are green are the ones that are on top. Because they are the ones that are exposed to sunlight. Are you following me? The ones that are exposed to everything, as it were. Uh, you know, um, you know, uh, okay, photosynthesis, right? Okay, what's photosynthesis? Ah! To be honest, I don't blame you, actually. Yesterday when I was sitting down, when I was, no, okay, when I, no, sorry, last week, when I, last week when I wrote this down, when I was preparing this note last week, actually, it took a time, it took time for me to remember everything. Word by word for word. <laughs> the boys are always green plants, man, market their food. <laughs> okay, continue, continue from there. If friends are of certain water, okay? That, that's all. Okay, we're to an extent, to an extent, that's where some people, uh, so, but basically, when you say manufacture their food, for, uh, their food, is basically talking about, um, okay, manufacture of food, the food is, is what? The food is what? Eh? Eh? <laughs> don't mix, oh, oh my gosh, don't, don't, don't mix up, don't mix up, um, for this with, um, with, um, um, what, what is this? With um, respiration. Don't mix it up. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. But basically, um, we are, one of the major end products, okay, is that the, the, there will be, um, oxygen and carbon, carbon dioxide. Okay. Now, in the process, or, I mean, in, um, through the, pre- in the presence of sunlight, rather right, because the sunlight that what, that will break, that will split the water. That's photolysis. Then we, it will be split to H plus and OH minus. <laughs> ah, don't worry. Okay, don't worry. Okay, don't worry. Okay, but you, but you know, you have a basic sense of what photosynthesis is, right? Okay? So we see that what photosynthesis, we have, don't forget, that way they always start by what, the place by which, they don't say plant, place by which was green plant. Right or right? Right or right? Okay? So what, the plants that successfully go through photosynthesis, they are usually green. Are you following me? The others that uh, that are giving you other colors that that end up with wilting or that yellow and everything, it shows that what they are malnourished because they are not exposed to the same. Ex- they, they don't have the same exposure with the green plant. 
there's a basic exposure what to sunlight. Are you following me? So when the farmer examines his, his, his plant, the greener portion are actually the upper portion because they are exposed to sunlight. Okay? Alright. So just pay attention. Alright. So um the portion underneath. Okay, the portion underneath. Okay, at best. Now I'm talking about a vine now. So we just go back to a vine and not general plant now. Now the portion underneath is not the portion uh, up, right? The portion above is um, exposed. Now the portion underneath, at best, will begin to we begin to grow secondly because most of, most time it will be is I mean because it will be close to the ground. Okay, but at best it will begin to grow out secondary roots, but at worst it will begin to rot. Are you following me? Are you following me? Blood of what? Lack of exposure. Okay. So in response to that, or to prevent that, well, when the farmer comes to examine his plant in the spring, what will he do? Huh? He needs to what? Lift it up. Are you following me? To take it from that position in which there is no exposure. Okay. And take it up, upwards. So that it will be exposed. Are you, are you with me? Don't worry, that's why I started by explaining to you. I was just always used things that these people were familiar with. See, that's, that's, how, that's how illustrations... You know, illustrations, that's the way illustrations can, can work. If I'm talking to a caterer, and I'm illustrating, talking about the kingdom of God, basically, like Jesus did. If it was in Jesus, if Jesus was talking with a caterer, he would use things like egg, flour, and everything to what put forth his points. And his point. Are you with me? That was just always did. Thank God we saw Luke 9 as well last week. About the, the plow. Okay? And making strange uh, furrows. Okay? And do not what? Giving to distractions. Or else there will be irregularities. Are you following me? Okay? So just always use things that they could relate with. And that's why it was even very exact. Not that it happened it was something that happened during spring. But this teaching, Jesus was talking during spring. So it was easier for them to relate with what he was talking about. Are you following me? Okay, so what would happen? Um, the farmer would, in response to that, would take those underneath portion, the what it would lift it up. Okay, it would what raise it up so that what it would be exposed to sunlight. To to what end? So that what it will be able to bear fruit like the others are bearing fruit. Are you following me? Okay, so the question that whose responsibility is to take care of the crop? Huh? The farmer, isn't it? The vine dresser, the husband man. Who gets the crop? I mean, who gets the credit when the crop is fruitful? Huh? Is it the crop that they will yield? Ah, what a good crop. Ah, the crop knows how to grow. <laughs> who gets the credit when the crop is fruitful? Huh? Answer me now, the farmer. Who takes the blame when otherwise? Huh? The farmer. So who is responsible for the crop? The farmer. Can you see that? So pay attention to verse 2 as we begin to round off. Pay attention to verse 2 again. Pay attention to verse 2 again. Are we there? Now it says what? Every branch in me that bears fruit, okay, it, was, it takes away. Now don't forget, you, you will notice that. That's why I explained to you how that was. It's better for you to pay attention. I want you to pay attention now. Our time is fast spent. I want you to get my explanation. That's why I want you to pay attention. Okay? Now it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what happens? It takes away. Don't forget. I mean, notice that 
it stops there. Then he now goes ahead to talk about the branch that does not that does that is in me and bears fruit. Right or right? Okay, but that's unlike verse six. Look at verse six. Are we there? See verse six one. See that what if anyone does not abide in me, is what cast out as a branch. Did he stop there? He said that what is withered, and they will gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt. So that's the end of unbelievers, isn't it? Can you see that? That's what for the branch that is not in him. Not for the branch that is in him, but does not bear fruit. What will happen? That one is what will happen to that one? It ends where it ends. That what it will be taken away. But for the one that is not in him, it will be what cast forth as a branch. So and what it will be withered and what burned. Okay. So all you know is I explained that what taking away does not have to do with what doing away with something, but what changing position. Unlike what what was in verse six, as it would cast forth. KJV is word cast forth. I think here is used word cast out. That, that word cast, I want you to get it. That word cast, basically, I think I, 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 wrote, I wrote it there. Okay? Now, okay, that word cast is the word in balo. Okay, balo in the Greek. It has to do with throwing something with force. Are you following me? That's what it means, to throw something with force. That's what cast means. Why the word force is the word exo. It means out. So you are casting something out. You are, like you are doing away with something. Are you following me? Because what it is not abiding in in the vine. It is because it does not abide in him. Look at how how are they to abide in him or to dwell in him? By what? By believing in him. So if you do not abide in him, what it will be what cast forth. Okay? And what is going to be burned in the end. You know, that was the end result. You know, we, we know um, the, those that fall into this category. Judas Iscariot and others. Okay? So we can see that what there are three different categories of people in this discourse. Right or right? Number one is what? Those in him but unfruitful. That we see in verse 2. Right or right? What will he do? He will what? He nurtures them so that they can what? Bear fruit. Okay, so first category of what those in him that are unfruitful. Don't forget who gets the credit, who gets the blame. The husband and the farmer. So his own responsibility. Okay, so those in him but are unfruitful, he what he is he what he nurtures them to the end that what that they bear fruit. Right or right? Okay, then we have what those in him. So you get the difference now. Those in him that are unfruitful, he nurtures them so to the end that what they bear fruit. Those in him, but are fruitful already. He will what? He will prune them so that they will bear more fruit. <laughs> right or right? Huh? Right or right? Okay. So the problem for you to get that when you say when you say um um um, um purge now purge purge means um to remove excess parts okay from from something from them today today there will be more healthy. Okay, you, you, when you talk about trimming, okay, you know what, and prune to prune, okay, that's what it means to prune, okay, and you find that that word, that word Iro, is actually used in it as well, is a, is, is a kind of more compound word, that word he prunes is the word cast Iro, can you see? Okay, alright, so it's, um, so, um, if I'm going to get this, okay, so, um, what will he do to them? 
you will want to prune them so that they will be they will bear more fruits. We have those that want our food for boy name. He wants them to bear fruit. But those that are bearing fruit already, he wants them to bear more fruit. Are you with me? Then we have the third category I want those that are not in him. What will he do? He what he the farmer what does away with them. Are you with me? Okay. Glory to God. Okay? So um this so you see what um these three things and it, I, I am the, are the things, these are three things that a vine dresser does once every year. Once every year. And that was during the springtime. Okay? So what, so if in him, if in him, even if he does not bear fruit, it will be the job of the husband man to take him up, not take him out. Are you with me? Are you with me? So what those in him, so we have those that are not in him. We have seen the end of them in verse 6. They will be burnt. Are you, are you with me? Then we have those that are in him. And those that are in him are in two categories. The unfruitful and the fruitful. The unfruitful will be what nurtured to the end that what they bear fruit. The fruitful will be nurtured to the end that what they bear more fruit. Are you with me? Are you with me? So is John 15 verse 2 clear, clear so far? Is it clear now? Are you sure? Okay. So we see that what is it actually, it's actually a message of that verse 2 now, there's that message to the unfruitful ones that are in him. Okay? They are in him. How are they in him? By faith. That's to abide in him. Why the white? Huh? Okay. So we see that what that message is actually not a message of fear or threat. Actually, it's actually a message of comfort. To show that what the husband man is going to nurture for it. Okay? So what is important is that what be in him. Okay? If you are not in him, there's an end for it. For, 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 for such. Okay? There will be cast for as a branch. Okay? But even him, even not, do not be in for it, the husband man will take responsibility to nurture him. So it's a message of comfort actually. Hallelujah. Okay? So as our plaintiff been able to convince us eh, through um, John 15 verse 2. Has he succeeded in convincing us that we can lose our salvation? Huh? Okay. <laughs> there are so many more items. Okay. Okay. So, um, of course, like I said, uh, he, has, he has obviously not been able to do that. But, of course, we will give him the benefit of a doubt. Okay. So, um, we... But we are finally done with the four gospels. So um, from next week we will be proceeding even to um, Romans, Romans, and of course we will start with Romans six. Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. God forbid. God forbid. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we blessed? Yes, sir. Are we blessed? Yes, Can you lift your word, your hand and say God's word is spiritual, and I am spiritual too. God's word is spiritual. And I'm spiritual too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can we just begin to bless God? Can we begin to bless God? Oh, from the depth of our hearts. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, don't go spliati. Gabaruni, Vagabati. Fem, vem, don't spurti. Gabanem, don't spurti. Gabanem, don't spurti. For God is 
is, is a father to us. He's a father that cares and nurtures us. Hallelujah. Glory to God.